Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Beautiful people, happy, happy Sunday. This is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. It's a great day. Uh, Really excited to come back to you guys and report to you about the great event that we had. Ambition, our live interactive panel, went amazing. The people enjoyed it. Our audience members, you know, our listeners, the Create Your Life family, the panelists enjoyed it. They, man, they, they had such a great time they dropped so many jewels when i say so many jewels they dropped so many jewels on the guest um you know just extremely thankful to them for their contribution uh very thankful to uh, wilbert paul who definitely and jennifer jackson uh, who came out they were the event planners made it happen you know had everything running in sync also to the volunteers and man i mean the event was so great that everybody wanted to do a testimonial after and, you know, definitely a huge thanks to uh, WeWork um, Harlem, who provided the space. You know, we had great cupcakes, great uh, wine, you know, beer was available on tap. I mean, it was a great turnout and definitely uh, the spark of something even bigger for us uh, at the Create Your Life series. Also amazing um, DJ and DJ K. Lil, who came out, showed some, uh, played some really, really great tunes. And also our video work was done by Transcendent Enterprise. And as you have seen or heard of uh, Chris Alvarez, who's the CEO of Transcendent, his team came out and uh, provided the video and shot the video for us at the event. So, I mean, it was awesome. Had the opportunity to highlight one of our all-star interns who has been here on the show with us, uh, rocking out with us for, man, the better part of, of the year, actually, uh, so far, uh, Christian Chapman. Had the opportunity to highlight him, get him a book scholarship and uh, some other things as he's going on to college uh, next week. He's going to be uh, starting his uh, summer program at Delaware State University. So, you know, we also had a successful raffle where we had the opportunity to to raffle off a trip uh, five days, four nights in Mexico. And the winner of that was Norma Stanton. So that was amazing. And then, again, I want to go back to our panelists, man, because they really, really uh, did such an amazing job. We had Stephen Bowen, um, who was a former NFL player. He did a great job. Then we had uh, Lisa Nicole Wilkerson, who's a Broadway actress, um, just an all-around amazing person. We had Catherine Hurley, general counsel at Maker Bob. We had Todd Wanish, who was an amazing artist and also businessman. And then, of course, we had Evita Robinson of the Notorious Anomanis Travel Tribe. So it was just a really, really great event. And, uh, you know, just thankful, you know, that it was this was a monumental event and definitely something that we're going to be looking to do. Uh, some of the lessons that I learned from the event were, uh, you know, that there's a learning curve, you know, and that it's important not to be a, not to get fearful, you know what I mean, when uh, things get intense or, you know, when you can't control everything, you have to keep plowing through and keep making uh, things happen and just believe, man, you have to be bold and don't ask permission, make stuff happen. You know, there were a million things that went wrong and last minute change, changes, hiccups, you know, execution with the production and all of that stuff. But stay in the course, man, and really just being committed to uh, having what you say want to happen, happen. And that's that's really what matters, man. And and that's what what took place for us. And, and you know, just super excited and, and happy about it. I had, you know, my own ambitions about the event, just the start of it, you know, start, survive, sustain. You know, we had the brainstorming section, materializing the ideas, um, then the survival part, you know, uh, all of the planning, the madness, the detours and stuff like that. And the sustaining is that we threw a good first event, a pilot, and that we know where to go with it uh, next. So, you know, we started the series part of uh, Create Your Life, baby, and we're just going to keep on moving now. Now that you've caught up with me, uh, I guess the last thing I'm going to tell you is we're going to go on a two-week break uh, from the show. I'm going to go abroad, spend some time there. Some of the team is going to, we're going to have our um, quarterly plan, and we're going to come back, and we're going to have a great uh, way to move forward with you guys 
on the show. And so that's what's coming up for us. And that's what's happened over the last week. Definitely the highlights. And now I guess we can get into our guest. Um, This is an important show because this gentleman is definitely... um, figured out some ways in order to help us live longer and uh you know get our overall just get our lives right so create your life series family i want you to welcome and i want to say uh, hello to uh chef katie greetings to you brother kevin brown i really admire what you do what you're doing you've been my guest on LIV radio so to dance today i get a chance to reciprocate hopefully you and i will bring a conversation that's going to make your audience just really excited Maybe they should tell their friends to tell their friends to tune in right now. Oh, absolutely. The, definitely. The Create Your Life series family is here. And I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I'm humbled uh, to be in conversation with a man like yourself. Um, you know, you're an entrepreneur. You've been an entrepreneur for uh, a long time. And, you know, you have a film production company or media company, I'm sorry. And then you also are a chef. Correct? That's correct. Those are my two main enterprises. Of course, mm-hmm. under the uh, banner of media company, mm-hmm. I have a number of companies under that. So it right. does keep a brother busy. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. You know, I had um, I've heard about you. You know, through a mutual friend that we have in uh, Terry, and you know, finding out more about you and understanding that I myself have moved on over to the uh, vegetarian aspect of life, and you are a raw food chef. Um, one of my first questions is, is who lives longer, a vegetarian or a vegan? <laughs> it's proven, not only in humans, but uh, in one of my recent books, a book came out just about a year and a week ago, mm-hmm. um, we compared vegetarians versus carnivores in the animal kingdom. And by far, across the board, vegetarians always live longer. Now, insofar as the human species, vegetarian is one of a, a scale and we keep moving up that scale. So the vegans do have the advantage over the vegetarians, just as the 80-20 vegans have an advantage over the vegans, and there are still about five more steps above 80-20 vegans. So one learns, one applies, one reaps the benefits thereof. Wow. Okay, now what is the level of veganism? I'm not familiar. How, how does that go? In my book, Living Superfood Research, mm-hmm. Don't Get Sick, Stay Off Drugs, and Live a Long Time, mm-hmm. I developed what I call a hierarchy of eating styles, and there are 11 different stages of it. Mm-hmm. The bottom of the bottom are junk food eaters. Above that, fast food eaters. The third from the bottom is called the standard American diet, basically what Americans eat. Then some Americans start to modify. They say, well, I don't eat beef or I don't eat pork. It's called a modified sad. That's level four. Level five now is vegetarian. But as you know, some vegetarians eat eggs and dairy products. So level six, when they cut those type of things out and Mm -hmm. cut out long-chain molecules, chemicals masquerading as food, that becomes a vegan. When a vegan starts to eat 80% of their food uncooked, that's called an 80-20 vegan. Above that, now that's level seven. Above that, you have the raw food eater where they don't cook anything. Then you have superfoods enter into it where you're not only not cooking anything, but you're concentrating on eating superfoods, those foods known to have the densest concentration of vital nutrients that the body needs in order to fully function. So above that, we have the detox lifestyle, which brings us in at um, level 10, and the system that I have put together, which is my brand, Living Superfood, is a strict level 10 system. And then for people who are in absolute health crises and they need their healing and they need, don't need any detraction from it, that's level 11. We call that orthomolecular medicine. Where can we pick up your book at? Um, and what's, what's the exact title of the book uh, so that we can pick that up? Because I definitely want to um, indulge more and learn more. Mm-hmm. Well, in this Living Superfood series, I've just released two weeks ago Mm -hmm. my fourth book. So in that series, there are first is Living Superfood Recipes, the Mm -hmm. food that I've been eating now for seven years, Living Superfood Research, which gives you the science. Why does this do inside the body what we claim it does? 
the third book in the series, which came out a year ago, Living Superfood Longevity, specifically about extending life, high-quality extended lifestyle. And then the fourth book, which came out two weeks ago, my second recipes book, and I really consider it to be my declaration of having arrived in the spectrum of culinary artistry. I'm here. I'm a force to contend with. It's called Living Superfood Recipes, Volume 2. They can always go to Living Superfood, no S, livingsuperfood.com. You'll see all of that, much more, a lot of videos. And uh, hopefully we'll get people excited about it, Brother Kevin. You know, I'm having a great time right now <laughs> as my brand is going global. I've traveled to three countries and around the U.S. this year, mm -hmm. and it's right on the cusp of really exploding as we finally have gotten a good set of investors to come in. But, you know, I've been believing in this brand for many, many years before the investors arrived. It's a very important lesson for people who, like yourself and myself, want to be deliberate about creating our own entrepreneurial life. Right. So what inspired you? What was your inspiration to, uh, to go raw or to go vegan, to have the diet that you have now? Like, did it come out of, uh, you know, a actual need where you were on the verge of a health crisis? Or what was it that made you uh, transition? into this lifestyle? You know, I've been in, involved in biological sciences nearly all of my life. Within a year after graduating high school, I was actually working in a, a biological research laboratory. And also, I took a career as a musician, and I learned how to eat clean from the Jamaicans. They call it ital food. So these things really kind of converged as I went through my various stages. And I'm the kind of a person, once I learn something and learn the facts about something, I attempt to integrate it immediately, especially with dietary changes and shifts. So basically it comes down to the more I learned, the smarter I became. The smarter I became, the more I refined the life that I lived and the exposures to which I exposed my body, which therefore increased my capacity, my intelligence quotient for learning even more. Um, it sounds almost uh, ridiculous, but Brother Kevin, I've mm -hmm. tested myself in IQ tests about four different stages of my life, mm -hmm. and the scores keep going up rather dramatically. I wow. consider it to be the consequence of ordering my life up to optimize my body's performance, including my brain's performance. Wow. Do you feel like, so you, do you feel like your diet actually uh, contributes to your brain being able to increase its capacity uh, of your genius as well? Absolutely. You know, in um, my documentary film called Suicide the Movie, we show the audience this. There are studies that suggest that a high-fat, high-sugar diet, which is uh, the American, standard American diet, it's also called the meat-sweet diet. But this mm -hmm. interferes with the functioning of a portion of our brain called the hippocampus. The hippocampus is the center of learning and memory. And there's a chemical that's produced by the hippocampus called BDNF, or brain-derived neurotropic factor. When we see the interruption of the production of BDNF, we do see people failing to learn, failing to remember. We can see it evident in um, children and, and after a high-sugar diet going to school. We can also see this evident in elderly people that are starting to move into um, cognitive disorders, dementia, and Alzheimer's. Wow, so diet actually affects people having dementia and things like that. I wasn't aware. What are some of the results that you have gotten for yourself other than, I guess, increased genius and uh, for others that you may have worked with so far? Brother, I am um, I'm so honored and proud to say I will be turning 62 this fall. Wow. And I have never been on pharmaceutical drugs, never. I used to use reading glasses when I was in my 40s. I don't use them anymore because when I went to the raw superfood diet, my eyes actually restored and rejuvenated themselves. Um, I am on the fourth day of my fast, and this morning, Brother Kevin, I woke up and did 300 sit-ups, uh, after which I did 20 minutes of cardiovascular workout. We call it high-intensity interval training. And then lastly, I topped that off with 61 push-ups which is my minimum to try to do every day. I attempt to do one push-up for every year of my life. So that, those are a number of different you know, physical measurements of where we are physically. But about five years ago, I got hit 
I got rammed from the rear. A driver, a drunk driver, veered off into um, the parking lanes as I was opening the rear door of my minivan. It sent the rear bumper of my minivan in about 16 inches and um, oh, wow. gave me 19 separate injuries as this car was speeding, and it went, went through my body and hit the minivan. But you want to hear something? I was rushed to UCLA Medical Center, and when they put me into x-rays, because I thought my leg was broken on the left-hand side around the thigh, because that's where the car actually hit me the hardest, mm -hmm. they sent me the x-rays, and they were as surprised as I was. X-rays came back, and they said, you have no broken bones. I said, excellent. You guys did a great job. I'm out of here. I'm going home, and I'm going to heal myself. Wow. It took 10 months, but we got it done. And so the diet is a large, would you, would you say that diet is a large part of um, the recovery factor for us uh, as far as, you know, our bodies? You are absolutely on point, my brother, really on point. Um, the, fra the phrase that I use, and no one has ever denied the truthfulness of this phase, mm -hmm. of this phrase, food is nature's most perfect medicine. Mm. What, what about um, suicide, this documentary that you have? Can you tell us a little bit more about that and where yeah. we can find it as well? You know, we're always striving for better ways to communicate with people. I was loving the intro you did to your program because you are exhibiting a certain sensitivity in your voice and in the way you talk. I think that the audience can really connect with you. And this is what we must do. We must be able to reach our people where they are. Now, I've just published my 31st book. I have book wow. number 32 already in production two weeks after the 31st book comes out. And I love the written word. I love books. But not everybody is, is on that level. So we meet them in social media. We meet them with media, all forms of media. I do a daily radio broadcast as well. But the documentary film and filmmaking in itself is a wonderful vehicle. So about three and a half years ago, maybe three years and a couple of months, I did my first independent documentary film. I've been in a number of others, and I've edited several documentary films myself. And I produced this film, Chewicide. And the um, slogan for Chewicide says that when food is so absolutely deliciously decadent that it literally is to die for, that's Chewicide. Mm. And what is the exact definition of Chewicide? Well, suicide, uh, the, the word had been used before I used it. The mm -hmm. previous use of suicide was if someone was maybe in a hot dog eating contest, they'd eat so many hot dogs they felt like they were going to die. Mm. But in this case, we say that the people essentially volunteer to eat a certain way that shortens their life expectancy and causes the formation of chronic, life-threatening diseases. Can you give us a couple tips for somebody who is... Um wants to make that transition into uh, more of a raw diet, let's say they're going from carnivore, want to get more into uh, vegetarian. You know, I think that you can do it in stages versus going cold turkey. Can you give us a couple tips that someone might want to do or need to take in order to start to make that transition? Okay, we'll just make it um, three tips. Because okay. yeah, I literally have a chapter in my book, Living Superfood Research, mm -hmm. 64 reasons oh, to wow. go to Living Superfood. Mm -hmm. But the first and foremost, I say, be a well-informed consumer. And this is in every branch of, of life. If you're going to buy a car, be a well-informed car consumer. If you're going to uh, build an artist studio for yourself, mm -hmm. be well-informed and build the best studio that can match your capacity. And we have to realize that, you know, we have this body, this gift, this temple, which is ours for a period that could last up to consistently 120 years. Actually, the heart is designed to last 120 years. Most of us burn our body out many years in advance of that because we just don't know what long-term impact. So number one, study up. Be well-informed. Number two is food is life. Or uh, let me say live food is life. Dead food is death. And so, therefore, that's a simple rule that if we are eating a lot of food that's dead, it's rancid food, that if we left it in the, the sun for three days, would smell rotten and chase us out of the room, then don't leave it in your gut for three days, most certainly. And the third point I would make is, is that 95% of the food 
that is sold in your common full-service supermarket is not fit for human consumption. 95%. Here's, here's a great experiment you can try out, Brother Kevin. Next time you go into a full-service supermarket, ask a manager or someone who knows, excuse me, well, I mean, can you tell me where is your health food section? They will likely say something like, well, go down to the end of aisle three on your right-hand side. That's where you'll find the health food section. Mm-hmm. Your follow-up question is, well, if that's the health food section, what is the rest of your grocery store? You know what's funny is I actually went grocery shopping after the gym uh, about a week ago, and I literally asked that exact question. The cashier just laughed at me, and she said, well, you know, it just costs more for, for the healthy stuff. And I said, well, if you're not being healthy, then what are you doing? So I'm very happy that you made that statement. <laughs> yeah. You know, and this, and this does it really cost more? According to all of the analysis that I've ever really um, come to and mm-hmm. determined and projected, not only does it not cost more, mm-hmm. but the return on investment, that little extra investment, the return right. on that investment is so great mm-hmm. that most people, if they could, when they were in their 60s or 70s, would pay millions of dollars to go back and correct the mistakes they had made when they were young that would allow them to live long, prosperous, and be fully functioning at the age of 96 and beyond. No, absolutely. I think that it definitely depends on where you want to pay. You want to pay up front or you want to pay on the back end. I think that that makes a a huge difference. You're absolutely right. And you you got it right on that. Pay up front or pay much more later down the road. You're an award-winning raw food chef. And so what exactly um, is a raw food chef and what differentiates you um, as a raw food chef than other raw food chefs who may be out there? Oh, great question. Well, raw food is essentially that the food has already been cooked by the sun. We call sun-fired foods, that the sun has already cooked that food just as much as it needed to. And if the food needs to be cooked beyond that, such as when, you eat, when one eats meat, chicken, beef, or pork, they will tell you you have to heat it up to a core temperature of 160 degrees or else it can kill you. They tell you, or practically bleach everything that touches raw meat before you use it on anything else. You know, humans are the only animal that must cook the meat before they eat it, or else the meat will kill them. No other meat-eating animal has that rule in place. And so with raw food, we're essentially looking at nature. And where in nature would we ever find food above 120 degrees. You know, it's 116 here in Las Vegas this week. It's too hot to even go outside, let alone be hunting, foraging, and gathering for food out in heat like that. You know, so nature didn't create a microwave oven or a convection oven tree. So the idea of cooking our food is actually contrary to the natural order in which our bodies evolved. And there's a lot of data, a lot of research to confirm exactly that. We have desires to eat a certain way, but that's not necessarily, our desires are not necessarily conforming to nature. Now, what distinguishes Kitty from other raw food chefs that are out here? Man, I love that question because that's what my new book, Living Superfood Recipes Volume 2, confirms. I consider myself to be an equatorial person, an African on this planet. Mm-hmm. Around the equator of the planet, you have the densest growth of flora. You have the most pungent aromatic spices you'll find around the equatorial zone. You will find some of the tastiest cuisine in the world is all in this tropical zone. Food from Thailand, food from the Philippines, food from Ethiopia, from India, from Mesoamerica. Absolutely delicious food. Why? Because the people have this bouquet of culinary spices available for them, to them. And many of these culinary spices are also superfoods in health-producing qualities, partly because they're growing around that equator. So what I have done is I have taken my taste buds to this part of the planet. I've always been a big fan of these exotic uh, equatorial cuisines, and now inside of the raw food culinary artistry, and I know a lot of raw food chefs, the people rave about my recipes because my recipes have the densest flavor palette that many of them have ever had. I make a hummus. 
that is literally, I call it, and no one has ever told me to stop calling him that, the tastiest hummus in the world. And even people from Western Asia, so-called Middle East, where they eat hummus regularly, have looked at me in the eye and say, this is the tastiest hummus I've ever had. It's because of two factors. One, I use raw garbanzos. I don't cook the beans. I sprout the beans so they're alive. And when you do that, there's a little bit of bitterness that comes from not cooking the chickpeas or garbanzo beans. To overcome that bitterness, I have to push a real dense, heavy, spicing bouquet. So by pushing that bouquet to overcome the bitterness, I push it just a little bit farther, and I say, this is the tastiest hummus you've ever had. Mm. And you said your recipes have the densest what again? The densest spicing spectrum. Spicing spectrum. Yeah. So, you know, many people, for many people, when they hear the word spice Mm -hmm. or spicy, they're naturally thinking hot. The impact of uh, capsaicin, the heat heating element in many peppers. Um, Capsaicin has its place, but like salt or like lemon, if that becomes the dominant taste, it's an unpleasant meal. And so, therefore, with myself, I like to use things like fresh garden herbs. I was just out working in the garden about an hour before coming on the show where I grow rosemary and oregano and fennel, two types of mint. I grow curry and chives, onion chives and garlic chives. All of these fresh herbs are just incredible when we use them in our food. And I use a lot of them, big handfuls of them. But I also like to use curry, various chilies and chili powders from around the world. There are so many beautiful spices out there. Man, you could give me a, a, well, take tofu for one. Tofu really has zero taste to it. By the time I finish a few of my tofu dishes, and I only use organic tofu, sprouted if possible, by the time I finish my tofu dishes, people say, this is the tastiest tofu I've ever eaten. When you say that uh, you don't need to cook your food, does that mean that you don't need to warm it up either? Like you don't use ovens or microwaves or anything like that to heat up, let's say, like a, uh, a sweet potato or a baked potato or anything like that? Is that, is that what yeah, raw, it, raw is? Believe it or not. Now, I do use a dehydrator, which okay. will get me up to about 130 degrees. That keeps it under the point where the enzymes are knocked out by the heat. Mm. But no oven. I haven't turned an oven on in over seven years. A microwave in the field that I work in natural health, a microwave is, is an organ of the devil. It's not even allowed in the house. If it is in the house, cut the top out and use it as a planter. Hi, I'm Diane. I have a daughter, Nikki, and she's a senior at high school. She just got accepted for early decision into college. Prior to taking Kevin's program, we were pretty overwhelmed because her college debt after her merit scholarships looks like it's going to be about $150,000 in four years. Feeling pretty overwhelmed about that $150,000 potential debt, I decided to enroll in Kevin's debt-free college academy full course program and I have to say the value for the money uh, for what we got out of the program was absolutely amazing. Kevin takes you step by step with many many different tips and many different strategies for not only the student but for us as parents for our student things that we can do to really help save money and prepare. If you or your child are looking to save money on college costs, sign up for Debt Free College Academy today at DebtFreeCollegeAcademy.com using coupon code FREECOLLEGE. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin White Brown, and we are back. We have Chef Kitty here on the line. Chef, are you there? I am live and direct with you, Brother Kevin. Man, so happy to hear. You just told us about the fact that you haven't used a microwave in seven years. Well, uh, no, I haven't used a microwave in 20 years. I learned about that a long, to- oh, a long time ago. Spoke. Microwaves change the structure of water. <laughs> I'm not going to go into long explanation of that, but if something that's unnatural mm-hmm. changes the structure of water, mm-hmm. and if my body is 71% water, mm-hmm. I might have problems with a microwave oven. Okay. So, Chef, for some of us, that might be a hard transition, being that we grew up on the, on the microwave or that we grew up uh, not eating as well as uh, you've managed to, uh, to learn about and to do. Can you tell us about your journey? You know, because you, how long have, have you been a raw chef or have you been eating raw now? 
Um, I've been eating raw now for over seven years, right. and um, seven years of the first day of spring. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my journey begins really about the age of 27 when I started refining my diet okay. ever more. What was the inspiration behind you refining it? And can you give us, the, you know, that, that timeline of, you know, how you made those transitions and things like that as you were going uh, and, and progressing? You know, uh, I grew up in a situation that was really unique. I was born in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, at the age of five, our family moved out into the countryside where a black farmer who owned 40 acres was retiring. And he sold the 40 acres to 21 black families. And so we had well over an acre of land. My father actually contracted and built his own house. Um, our mother died shortly thereafter, and so he raised four sons as a single parent. But we grew our own food. We had fruit trees. My father was such an, uh, a, a massively competent and independent, productive man. Just really the greatest inspiration one could ever have. So by the time I graduated high school, um, my life really had kind of been ordered to be doing great things. All of, our, of, all of the sons, the siblings, were ordered to do great things. But it was when I left the laboratory, I worked there four years, and then got, Muhammad Ali got, fired, got me fired when he and Ken Norton were fighting on the same weekend. My boss wanted to go bass fishing. It was a great fight, though, but I got fired. <laughs> and I went out into the world of entertainment, where for the next 30 years I traveled around the country, traveled around the world, and got a chance to do some really great things. But it was being introduced to this concept of ital food combined with performing so much in nightclubs. And, you know, at that time, this was in the um, late 70s and early 80s, uh, there was a lot of drug influence. And in the nightclubs, we were always offered free alcohol. And alcohol just became vile to me. It, to me, it was just stupid juice. And I didn't even like it. I didn't like the taste of it. It made me vomit if I drank more than one beer or tried to hang with the guys. And so really around that same age, I declared I was never going to drink alcohol again ever in my life. And now it's been over 30 years since I made that declaration, and I haven't missed it at all. Wow. So it's, the ordering is a spectrum of different things that happen. But you know, Kevin, sometimes beyond ourselves, nature, the creator, creation, the universe orders us into a certain lifestyle so we can help other people. To my understanding, you speak three languages fluently, and you've studied eight. And uh, so can you tell us what those languages are? Well, uh, aquí in Nevada, in los Estados Unidos, en el oeste, es muy importante para hablar español. En Afrique, il a 18 que parle français comme le langue première. And also, you know, I speak English very, very well. <laughs> but Sakoshini Nihongo Nashimasu Mata Demomata Demomata Esu Desu. And I is that Japanese? That up. But I do speak French, Amharic, Tree, which mm-hmm. is language from Ghana. Mm-hmm. I've uh, studied Swahili and from time to time can kind of move into that. My current language that I am studying now is Portuguese. I think in the future, Black people speaking Portuguese is going to be a very powerful international commerce language, and I want to learn it as well. Wow. So what are some of your tips to learning these languages? Uh, are you, would you say that you can learn these languages pretty fast? Or You know, I think the hardest language to learn is the second language. Mm. The third one for me was very easy. I grew up, of course, speaking English, and then I took Spanish in high school. But like most people, when I left high school, I didn't use that Spanish until one of my friends said, hey, let's go to Mexico. So we grabbed a train at the U.S. border, and we went down to Mazatlan, pretty far down into Mexico. And during the course of that week, I said, hey, let me go ahead and start working on this Spanish. And then I relocated to Albuquerque, New Mexico, where I got a chance to practice and speak my Spanish every day. And if, after I made my first trip to France um, is to a musical conference, I went to the French Caribbean, and I there, while there I didn't speak any French, and the people were mean to me. Well, later I got a call back from somebody who said, do you know one of your songs just went into the top 40 over here in Spain? So then I had to catch up on my Spanish real quick to do radio interviews. Mm-hmm. And when I went back to do a tour of Europe behind the records, I taught myself to speak French 
in two months. Avant the deuxième voyage à Paris, je prends la langue dans deux mois. Before the second voyage, I learned to speak the language in two months. Was it good? No, it wasn't that good. But after three weeks of being in France, it was pretty doggone good. I could even think in French then. Wow. I'm going to be honest with you. You just inspired me. You know, I, one of my things is I take a new class every single quarter. And uh, earlier this year, I was taking a lot of uh, swimming classes. And mm-hmm. now, great you know. sport. Yeah. You, you know, know, Paul Robeson, the great and honorable man that he was, Absolutely. a true inspiration to anyone who would study his life. This man could speak and sing in 20 languages. If Paul Robeson can do 20, doggone it, I'm going to master at least 10. Yes. So which languages do you find to be the most beneficial to know uh, so far? <laughs> Um, most beneficial, English is the international language of business. Mm-hmm. Spanish is the dominant language in the Western Hemisphere. And, you know, if we look outside of America, most of the other people in the Western Hemisphere speak Spanish. And then French, if one goes to Africa, there are 18 countries in Africa who use French as a primary language. I expect to be going later this year to Ghana, Togo, and Benin on one of the trips. Mm-hmm. And in Togo and Benin, they will speak French as their national language. Well, as you are, you know, on your journey and traveling the world, you know, sharing this mission of new culture of life, what has been some of the lessons that you've had the opportunity to learn? For one, travel is amongst the greatest education that anyone could possibly do. Two, when you're traveling to a country, learn how to be polite in their language. Learn how to say good morning, how to say hello. Learn how to say thank you. Learn how to ask someone how are you feeling and an appropriate response if they, if they um, ask you that question. Those simple politenesses will allow doors to open for you. Point number two, don't travel as an American. Now, you may have a passport like myself that says you are an American citizen, but don't act like an American because Americans are brash, they're arrogant, the French call Americans les barbarians, the barbarians. Americans, and you will see Americans when they go around the world. They drink so much, they get crude, they get ugly, they get loud. So travel, try and sensitize yourself to the environment you're in and, and be like the other people. And in some places I've gone to, they have such dislike for Americans. They ask you, where are you from? I tell them, me from Jamaica, man. <laughs> Got you, got you. In your recipe book, um, can you give us a couple of the recipes without giving away the whole book, but, you know, just a couple of quick recipes that we might be able to make. Like my, for myself, I'm a bachelor, and, uh, you know, I can't cook that well. Are there any, you know, quick uh, recipes that I might be able to throw together, you know, that might well, be Well, let well? me ask you this. As a bachelor, are you planning on staying a bachelor for very long? Uh, for very long? Uh, okay. Uh, that's TBD, to be determined, but no, it's not, <laughs> okay. it's not the plan. It's well, not the plan. I can guarantee you this as a bachelor. If you master the culinary arts, you're going to wake up every morning. There's going to be a line around the block of sisters <laughs> trying to get next to you. I promise you it's true. And I tell brothers, if you want to meet good sisters, good sisters, the ones that have refined their diet and nutrition are definitely ones you want to consider. Mm-hmm. So here's a couple, two real easy recipes that if you break them out, Brother Kevin, the people are going to be bowing at your feet. The first one is the simplest, easiest recipe I've ever created. It's called crangerine sauce. We go to like a Thanksgiving dinner, they pull this ocean spray stuff or whatever out of a can. Mm-hmm. Get you some dehydrated cranberries and get you some tangerines, probably about six tangerines or so. Juice, take the juice out of the tangerines, freshly juiced tangerines, and pour it over to the top level of the cranberries. You put them in a container. Let that sit overnight until the cranberries rehydrate with all that tangerine juice inside of them. Then take about two tablespoons out of that, Pour the rest of it into a blender and puree it until it is it has the texture of jam. Take that out, put it into a container, pour those other plump berries back into it, and brother, that 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 recipe only has two ingredients in it, and it is so tasty that some people say I don't think I'll ever be able to eat jam and jelly again after tasting this. It is unbelievable tasty, and it is it contains two superfoods in it, so it is medicine without dispute. The second one is 
Brother Kevin, do you like avocados? Of course. Absolutely. I think avocado is as close to a perfect food as nature ever created. Some people don't like it. I take avocados, nice and ripe. I put about three of them in my blender. Of course, take the seed out. Put three avocados in the blender, to which I add one big heaping tablespoon of chocolate powder, cocoa powder, and I also add a second teaspoon of carob powder, kind of like chocolate, but a little different flavor. This creates a wider flavor spectrum, but you can use two tablespoons of chocolate or carob, whichever you have, to which I will add a teaspoon of vanilla. I will add also about a half a teaspoon or maybe a whole teaspoon of cinnamon I'll put in there, and then I will sweeten it with turbinado. I can use um, turbinado, which is evaporated cane juice. I can use raw agave nectar, or I can use maple syrup and or honey. But I sweeten it with a non-refined sugar sweetener. Just blend that all up, and it turns into chocolate mousse, avocado chocolate mousse. When people taste it, their eyes roll back in their head. And when you tell them it's made with avocado and no dairy, they look at you like, you, you're, you're joking, right? <laughs> it is a perfectly healthy, healthy um, treat. And with the chocolate in it, it's a powerful source of magnesium as well as a great antioxidant. My brother, food is nature's most perfect medicine. Uh, I hear you. Now, before you were talking about, you know, ladies being lined up around the block, uh, in your book, you speak about the difference, difference between sex and reproduction. Without mm-hmm. giving away the entire chapter, can you tell us a little bit more about that? You know, we've come to associate the word sex with reproduction. But technically, scientifically, that's not correct. There's a difference between reproduction and replication. And I'll make it real simple. Mm. Bacteria reproduce. When they reproduce, they take a complete copy of their genome, 46 chromosomes, and they make a complete copy of it inside of their bacterial organ, and then the organ starts to split into two cells. Therefore, bacteria, which reproduce very quickly, reproduce themselves into two perfect copies of one another. And also bacteria have very short life expectancy. But in the case of humans, we do replication through the process of sex. So I, as a male, I have 46 chromosomes. A female has 46 chromosomes. But when I go to reproduce, I divide my 46 into two sets of 23 chromosome pairs. She does the same thing. And so when we have our exchange, the sperm and the egg join together, and 23 chromosomes from the male, 23 chromosomes from the female come together, conjoin, and make 46 chromosomes, which is the new entity. This is a much slower process, and our replication takes so much longer than reproduction. You know, humans don't even start to replicate until they're at the earliest, maybe 14 or 20 years of age. So ours takes so much slower, so therefore we have a much, much longer life expectancy. Understanding that, also puts into context some of these rumors that are out here about immaculate conception, etc. Under the theory that I advance in my book, Living Superfood Longevity, immaculate conception is a technical impossibility. So therefore, it be, belongs in the category of what is useful called myth, fable, and allegory. Mm. Okay. Well, Chef, um, got to transition a little bit. What, can you tell us what your favorite quote is? Ah. Uh, my favorite quote. You know I have so many that I work with, but there are two that I, quoting myself, think are very, very appropriate. As I say often to young people, as we reach for the stars, we must always remember that we stand upon the shoulders of giants. Mm. And another one that really kind of goes right along with that, the future belongs to those who are best prepared to create it today. Okay. And uh, the last question that we always have to ask of our guests, can you give us three tips to create your best life? All right. That's a great one. Three tips to create your best life. One, rule your body by the rhythms of nature, mother nature. If If one defies their mother, there's going to be consequences to pay. Mother nature orders us to get up 
at the crack of dawn. That's the way the brain works. The pineal gland is supposed to be triggered by light coming into the room where we are. And we have been learning now to stay up real late because of electronic devices. Well, this is starting to hurt us, and I show evidence of this in my recent work of how this does hurt people. Rule number two, literacy is supreme. Literacy determines the fate of nations. So the great nations in the world arose from literacy. African Americans have been going the other way now for about four decades. We need to reverse that trend. Literacy is supreme. And point number three is dream out loud. A lot of us have visions and dreams. Some of us think we have ideas that are so brilliant that we can't even share them with other people. I'm just the opposite of that. I like to dream out loud. When I get excited about something, I want people around to hear it. What I found is that the people who could support, embrace, and help you on your dream will hear you when you dream out loud. That's actually the title of the book I'll have coming out this winter. Okay. And I just want to go back just a little bit. You said that, you know, rule your body by the rules of Mother Nature. And you're saying that electronic devices, you have research um, about how electronic devices and stand up late is actually hurting us as humans. Can you give us a little bit of uh, insight on that, on your research? Mm-hmm. Well, in um, probably 1997, I put out a book called The Technology of Control. On one hand, just access to television and movies, this type of technology, implants false concepts, ideas, and comprehension into our mind. There are many people walking around with solutions to problems that they got these solutions from TV from a 22-minute long sitcom. These don't necessarily work. So we understand that when others want to influence your my behavior, they can only come through our eyes, ears, taste, um, smell, or feel, our cognitive senses. And number two is this, is that the, there's a part of the brain, very important organ called the pineal gland. It manufactures melatonin, a chemical manufactured by the body, a, 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 a hormone that helps us go to sleep. It puts us in our sleep period every day so the body can rejuvenate itself, heal what needed to be healed during the course of the day so we can wake up tomorrow morning fresh. And when the sun rises, the, the body determines the sun is rising through the light coming in through the eyes, and then the, the you produce what's called dopamine to get you motivated. But by disrupting the natural sleep cycle, people have taken themselves out of one of nature's most critical orders. We're staying up very, very late at night, many times after midnight, and I've been guilty of this so many times, and we're getting insufficient sleep, therefore having to wake up in the morning, Brother Kevin, and jolt ourselves with right. coffee and these five-hour stimulants in mm-hmm. order just to function. That's not, that's not needed, and that's not even good for us. Okay. Well, Chef, what are your social media handles, and where can we stay in contact with you in order to find out more about what it is that you're up to? Chef Kidi, K E I D I, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to find. You can find me on uh, Facebook. I spend a lot of time doing daily classrooms, university level classrooms on Facebook as Kidi Awadu, A W A D U. Um, uh, two sites I'll share with you. One, I would love it if people would listen to this classroom every day on my morning broadcast, 9 a.m. on the West Coast, 12 noon on the East Coast at libradio.com. And then, of course, for the health information, which I'm just really proud of, livingsuperfood.com. Food is nature's most perfect medicine. Okay. Well, Chef, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate you. Uh, What we're going to do is we're going to cut to a quick musical break, and then we're going to come back, and I'm going to do a recap of all of the uh, amazing uh, jewels that you dropped on us. I thank you, Brother Kevin, for what you're doing. It's a very valuable service, and uh, I'll make sure you get a copy of the new recipes book. I want to see you one of our best advocates ever. Oh, absolutely. I am all the way with it. Respect to you and love to the WHCR family. Thank you. Thank you so much. We just had Chef Katie on the show, and this man provided so much value and knowledge for us. And so what I'm going to try to do is be able to uh, to recap the the jewels that he dropped on us. Um, number one, he said three ways to transition to a healthier diet were number one, uh, be a health, be a well-informed consumer. 
meaning study up and learn what it is that's going on with the foods and things like that that you're consuming. Number two, he said live food is life and dead food is death. Then number three, he said 95% of the food sold in the supermarket is actually not good for you. Thought that was interesting. Then I asked him, you know, what separates you from other uh, chefs out there? And he said that, you know, his recipes have the densest spicing spectrum. And he says that he owns his own garden, you know, grows his own herbs as well. I think another jewel that he dropped on us that I thought was really, really cool and really impressive was is that he said that our hearts are designed to actually live for 120 years. But it's through our diets and the lack of exercise and things like that that actually end up um, making us not live as long as we could potentially. So I think that that's very important to understand. And he said that uh, a couple jewels that he's learned while being and traveling around the world were, uh, number one, to learn to be polite in other people's languages. And uh, when you travel, especially for those uh, from the States, no, just period, you know, learn to be able to communicate and to operate uh, in a pl- from a place of understanding, you know, because oftentimes we take who we are in our hometown to other people's countries and we act as if, you know, they're supposed to. Uh, act like we do. But in reality, that's what makes us great is that the fact that we can be able to communicate and adapt to other people's cultures in a way that they do do things. And then, of course, the last question that we always have to ask, I said, you know, what are three keys that you would give to someone in order to create their best life? And number one, he said was uh, rule your body by the rules of Mother Nature. He said you never want to disobey your mom because, you know, you know how that goes. It's not a good, never a good thing to disobey your mom. He said, number two, uh, literacy is supreme. You know, be literate and understand what's going on in the world, understand what's going on around you. I think one of the biggest things that people oftentimes say is that knowledge is power. And that's actually not true. You know, the application of knowledge in the correct way can make it powerful. And then the last thing that he said that I thought was really, really cool was is to dream out loud. You know, let people know what's going on with you and where you're going to be headed and how you're going to do things. So beautiful people, it's been a great show. Definitely thankful for this knowledge that this uh, chef Kitty has uh, dropped on us. And, uh, you know, we'll catch you soon. Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL Series and at Kevin Y. Brown. Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life.